0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. I have been looking forward to this episode because we're going to try to bring some conclusions that are just fantastic if you understand the tremendous reality of Christ present kingdom in the world, which is the Amil viewpoint. We had two handouts we offered our listeners, and you can get those if you haven't gotten them yet by sent- simply sending an email to askthehost at gmail dot com. And last time, as well as this time, just a little bit, I was contrasting just to make it simple rather than the three millennial viewpoints, just the two, the Amil and the premill. I'm just going to back up a section, a second and look at the present nature of the kingdom to refasten, so to speak, in our minds and hearts, that present reality of the kingdom, and then we're going to go look at the three varieties of the premill viewpoint, the premillennial viewpoint, and that's where your second handout comes in. But let me tell you a really true story. When I became a Catholic, I came in as a Protestant pastor, very interested in the kingdom of God. In my studies of Scripture, you know, you get certain glimpses come through. You're not totally blank. You see a lot of truths. You just don't know how they fit together. Well, I had come into the Catholic Church with the understanding that the kingdom of God was a really important belief. And I started asking people, what do Catholics believe about the kingdom of God? And you would be surprised some very well-known names couldn't give me an answer. So I'm going to give you an answer today that you may not have ever have heard, and this isn't some secret with me, because I'm going to give you three critical references in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Last week, I gave you Scripture references for the presence of the kingdom, and then we also looked at the Catechism and how it basically seconded the interpretation I was giving you of those references. But here's another question I like to ask, because again, we want to try to penetrate the minds of those who maybe hold another position— And, you know, when we understand why they're holding something, then, ah, that's why, that's why. And and here's a question. Why might some Protestants be inclined to miss the reality, the present reality of the kingdom of God, staring us in the face? Now, again, there are many Protestants who recognize the presence of the kingdom in this age and generally those are followers of St. Augustine or have been greatly influenced by St. Augustine. But here's a reason why many Protestants may miss the most outstanding fact in all of human history, all of human history. And I dare say, I would say the vast majority of students graduating from Catholic high schools, you've taken world history probably once or twice, could not answer the question, what is the greatest event in all of human history? What is the greatest kingdom in all of human history? It's the kingdom of God. Now, why would somebody miss that who might happen to be a Protestant? Well, there's one place in the New Testament where two concepts are brought together. The one concept, as you can probably guess, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which was Matthew's respectful Jewish way of saying the kingdom of God, and the church. And those places where it comes together is in Matthew 16, where Jesus singles out St. Peter. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, I tell you, Peter, you are the rock, and on this rock I will build my church and the powers of death shall not prevail against you. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The keys of the kingdom and the church and the leader of the church all go together. So what if you deny that Peter was the first pope? What if you deny the reality of the Catholic church? it wouldn't be hard. I'm not saying all Protestants do this. I'm not by any means, but it wouldn't be hard, like my own life and pilgrimage to trying to understand biblical prophecy, is to allow the kingdom to go into eclipse in the present age. Here's three references from the catechism. So if somebody like me starts asking, what does the Catholic Church believe about the kingdom of God? Remember, this is the one that's missed in the premial viewpoint, and the premial viewpoint is the predominant one on the prophecy airwaves. Catechism 567, the kingdom of heaven was inaugurated by, on earth by Christ. The church is the seed and beginning of this kingdom its keys are entrusted to Peter. Catechism 567. Well, yeah, I guess if you're furiously studying the Bible and you don't really like the idea as Peter is pope and leader of the apostles and head of the church, and if you don't like the Catholic church, well, I guess you might just miss the greatest. Nature of a, a political organization or kingdom or religious event in history of mankind, the kingdom of God it was inaugurated by Christ. Oh, you say, oh, you just pulled something out of the hat. There's a lot of stuff in that catechism. Well, how about section seven hundred and sixty three The Lord Jesus inaugurated his church by preaching the good news that is the coming of the reign of God. The reign of God is the kingdom of God promised over the ages. To fulfill the Father's will, Christ ushered in the kingdom of heaven on earth. The church is the reign of Christ already present in mystery. So you see, if you study biblical prophecy, you not only understand biblical prophecy, you get right to the heart of human history. You get to an understanding of apologetics, of what what is going on in our age? And you think, well, how could the world ever go and and embrace somebody as horribly wicked as the Antichrist? Just let a break happen in the church that rejects the Catholic faith, which is the kingdom of God on earth, rejects uh, the descendants of St. Peter, who holds the keys to the kingdom on earth, and then in that void, guess what pops up? This is serious stuff, folks. One last catechism reference— 865. The church is ultimately one holy, catholic, and apostolic in her deepest and ultimate identity because it is in her that the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God, already exists and will be fulfilled at the end of time. The kingdom has come in the person of Christ and grows mysteriously in the hearts of those incorporated into him. This isn't something that's just happening in the church. This is happening in the lives of Christians. This is the stark reality of the present age, and that's why we don't believe in the pre-mill viewpoint, which sees a future kingdom age being inaugurated after Christ returns sometime in the future. No, it's now. Now, We're going to deal with, in a very unique way, the whole rapture question. And I've dealt with the rapture question in depth when we studied Paul's epistles to the Thessalonians, particularly 1 Thessalonians, particularly chapter 4. And I did the biblical work there. We're going to take a different approach here and basically look how the whole idea of the pre-trib rapture at any moment theory fits in to the whole outline of the views of biblical prophecy. So we're going to turn to our second handout, the three varieties of the pre-mill viewpoint. And again, the pre-mill viewpoint is shown there, that the kingdom age only begins after Christ returns, and I've tried beginning of this broadcast, all last broadcast, and basically throughout the Book of Revelation to show you no, the you know, kingship and worship are at the heart of the entire Book of Revelation. Now, in the pre-mill viewpoint. There are three sub-varieties, and that's why on your handout, and if you want one of these, again, just email askthehost at gmail.com and say, give me the uh, prophecy handouts or whatever, and we'll get them to you. So I have Roman numeral one, the pre-mill viewpoint, and under it, I have three sub-points of the pre-mill, three varieties, A, B, and C, and what's called the pre-trib mid-trib, and post-trib. Now, this is very important. These are not isolated positions. These are three varieties under the overall premillennial viewpoint. So the pre-trib is pre-trib, pre mill. You got that? In other words, pre-trib is a sub-variety of pre mill. Mid-trib is mid-trib, pre mill. It's in the middle of of the tribulation, the rapture occurs, and it's pre-mill, the whole idea of a future kingdom, which we've tried to refute. And then third, you have post-trib. Now, if you see these, I have the thousand-year period preceded by the second coming of Christ on your handout, and then I have a little blip before the thousand years with the number seven seven being the years of the great tribulation. And these three varieties, the pre-trib, the rapture, which Catholics simply believe is the resurrection of the just, but the rapture occurs before the seven years, so it's pre-tribulation, pre-seven years. The mid-trib is in the middle. That's not quite as popular a position, but there are... uh, people holding at, particularly Protestants. Um, And then you have third, post-trib. Now, the post-trib variety of pre-mill is the historic pre-mill. This is what those in the very early church who were perhaps not really aware yet that the restoration of the kingdom wasn't just like re- Kickstarting the nation Israel's kingdom, but it was a worldwide kingdom that the kingdom in Israel under King David was just simply a preview of what Christ wanted to do, Christ being the son of David, the successor of David over the whole world. But the post trib, premium viewpoint was the historic position in the early church. Now, what you hear on the airwaves in prophecy things and left-behind novels and Hal Lindsey's Late Great Planet Earth and all the rapture stuff and the bumper stickers, you know, if the rapture occurs, grab the steering wheel because the driver's going to be gone and all that kind of stuff. All of that is part of what's called the pre-trib or the pre-tribulational rapture view, and that's a subcategory of the pre-mill. Now, here it is. It's as simple as this and as profound as this. If the pre-mill is wrong, now I've just taken an episode and a half trying to show you that. If the pre-mill is wrong, then every sub-variety under that A, B, and C, pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib are also wrong because they're categories underneath the pre-mill. And if the kingdom is a present reality then these three varieties of saying, no, the kingdom is some kind of future reality, Um, basically all three of them are incorrect, and particularly the first one, which is so widely proclaimed today. If pre-mill is wrong, pre-trib is wrong, and it's amazing how many people, like me, I just gave you in five minutes, which took me about 15 years because I kept looking between the three varieties of pre-mill, and never asked myself, is pre-mill right? And it isn't. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 122 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com we